What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas, where we've got news, opinion, analysis every single day of the week. So make sure you check that out on adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, tonight we will recap the Cowboys' second loss of the season, the first loss of Cooper Rush's career that, you know, it had to be dramatic when it finally arrived and it had to be uh, a disaster because that's what it was for Cooper Rush on Sunday night. And we're not going to hate on Cooper Rush because he he did his job. He, he wasn't supposed to come in and go on a four-game winning streak. That was never the goal for Cooper Rush. Not the realistic goal. It might have been the cheesy romantic goal, but I don't think that anybody expected Cooper Rush to go 4-1 in 2022 for the Cowboys. Uh, so I think that's fair to say. We're not going to hate on Cooper Rush because he doesn't deserve the hate. That being said, it was kind of a big reality check for the Dallas Cowboys because make no mistake about it, those three interceptions were all on Cooper Rush, in my opinion, after watching the replay. Uh, whether you want to call it a bad decision or a bad throw, those weren't necessarily... Well, some of them, uh, a couple of them were. But for example, that one that was uh, a Michael Gallup target, maybe it was a little bit of an inaccurate ball, but that was a, an interception that was caused by the lack of sip, the lack of arm strength for Cooper Rush. And it goes a long way to show you just how rare arm talent is in the NFL. And it can be such a simple play that proves it to you. It doesn't have to be the lack of a 50-yard bomb towards the sideline in that, you know, sweet spot versus cover two. It doesn't have to be just that. It, it can come in a simple curl route in which the ball just simply doesn't make it there in time. And there were some bad decisions to, from Cooper Rush. So it was a reality check. It was bound to happen. And I'm not going to hit on Cooper Rush for that reason. But we'll, we'll talk about more stuff here. Charlene Evans had a huge, huge... Super chat. So we'll we'll start the show with that instead of going with the actual outline, right? Because I think this was this is a good question. Charlene Evans says, Mauricio, what are your thoughts about the defensive line not being able to stop the run? Oh, that, that is a massive question. Because I will I will say this about the Cowboys defense. And I will actually kind of go deeper into this later in the show. But I think that the Cowboys defense did a better job than being than, than being given credit for. They actually held the Eagles to only 3.4 yards per attempt. Jalen Hurts had only 29, 25 yards in nine attempts running the football. Miles Sanders averaged 3.9 yards per carry. Kenneth Wainwell did go for five yards per attempt. I think that it has to do because I, I, there were 
a couple of moments specifically in which the Cowboys couldn't stop it. You know, there was that long, grueling, punishing drive from the Eagles in which they increased their 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 lead to 26. Uh, you know, the Cowboys were closing in on the Eagles. They put the, the, the game 20 to 17, and then the Eagles responded with a long, long, long touchdown drive in which they were just punishing the Cowboys defense time and time again. I think that it has to do with a lot of things, but mainly I will say that the Eagles deserve some credit. The Eagles are a tough team to stop. And it's not the Bills offense. It's not the Chiefs offense in its complexity. It's not uh, Sean McVay's scheme or even Kyle Chenahan's kind of offense. It is actually a pretty simplistic one. They run a lot of zone read. They run a lot of RPOs. But that's sometimes that can be enough when you have such a good offensive line up front and a quarterback that is a legit dual threat because Let's give some respect to Jalen Hurts. He can hurt you with his legs, and he can make you bleed, even at the NFL level. So I think that, first and foremost, I got to give some respect to the, to the Eagles' offense on that front. They are overall a very tough team to stop on the run just because they can kill you with the RPOs, and Jalen Hurts can take off at any moment. And that translates into you having to be at your most disciplined as a defense. And I'm not talking about not getting, you know, penalty flags called against you. I am talking about gap integrity. Defending the, the, the option is all about assignment football. There is, somebody needs to take the quarterback. Somebody needs to take the dive player. Somebody needs to take the potential pitch. And it's about making sure that you, one, stay with your guy, and depending of what kind of defensive scheme you're running, you know, take care of your gap and do not try to make a play by, by jumping over to the next gap and leaving your, your assignment wide open for the offense to cut into it and get the big play. So I think that phasing that offense for the first time this season might be a a big time lesson for the Cowboys. And at one point, you know, the Eagles were playing their game. They were sticking to their game plan and you got to give them some respect. I think that in, in summation, that would be more or less my preliminary answer for that question, Charlene. But I will say this, I want to dive into the old 22 that comes every Tuesday morning for me. So hopefully I have more answers for you tomorrow night. But those would be my first, uh, my first reaction to that question, which is a very, very good question, by the way. Uh, and thank you for the super chat once more. Charlene Evans, an absolute MVP of tonight's show. But anyways, let's see some of your comments here. Let's see some of your com comments here. Uh, Katara Jones, I give Jalen his props. He is good. And he is so good for what the Eagles are doing right now. They run a lot of these, as I said, RPO concepts and, and spread option kind of mm, quarterback design runs. And he and he executes them pretty well. He executes them pretty well. And they have these little wrinkles on that offense. How about A.J. Brown, for example, running the slide route on that sort of play action passes that they do. And just you had A.J. Brown opened in the flat time and time again. 
And I will tell you this, you want your defense to be up for the task. But also, since we're talking about the NFL, the opposing team also deserves some credit. And this Eagles team has sound concepts that can beat you at any point. And I cannot wait for the rematch when the Cowboys have a starting quarterback on the other side of the, of the matchup. And speaking of which, speaking of which, Floyd Wright says, no way that Dak Prescott wins that game. I cannot tell you if Dak wins that game if he plays in this one because I don't even know what the game plan would have been with Dak on their center. I will say this. I will say this. This was a three-point game late in the second half in a matchup that the Cowboys threw three interceptions. Now, the, the third and final interception came later, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it came uh, after the Eagles made it a two-possession game. But whenever the game is this close and your core backup, your backup quarterback throws three picks, I got to tell you, I think that Dak Prescott keeps this a very close game, even though I don't know what the game plan would have been or anything uh, like that. Anyways, let's talk about the reason why I actually had a round of applause waiting for the Cowboys coaching staff when this game ended. And I know that a lot of people will not agree with me. But speaking of Cooper Rush, the Cowboys were kind of dug in a deep hole after that first half. The Eagles had the Cowboys right where they wanted them. 20 to 3. And if you followed the game on Cowboys Twitter, everyone was sharing pretty much the same sentiment. The NBC broadcast as well. You know, our takeaway was this is the one spot the Cowboys couldn't allow themselves to be in early in the game. Because if you're down by three possessions, that means you're going to have to throw the football. You're going to put you're going to be forced to put the game in Cooper Rush's hands. You're not going to be able to hide behind that run game anymore. The quarterback's going to have to win it for you. That's what we all thought. The Cowboys disagreed, clearly. And I got to give them some props for that. Because once more, they did make it a three-point game in the second half by doing th two things. Number one, Sticking to the run because they didn't hesitate. They didn't shy away from pounding the rock. They trusted the defense to get the football back and the defense answered the bell. And they stuck with the play action passes for Cooper Rush. And what happened? You had a nine play, 79 yards touchdown drive followed by another long drive that went for 93 yards, and that drive ended in a touchdown. It started with 6.46 seconds, I believe, in the third quarter, and then you didn't give the ball back until the fourth. That was when I, and when the Cowboys punched that second touchdown in, that was when I thought, oh, they might actually win this. Of course, they didn't. It's tough to overcome a three-possession deficit at halftime. But I got to give the coaching staff some props for, you know, sticking to their guns and saying, you know what? No, 
We disagree. Cooper Rush doesn't have to win us this game. We're going to win it the old-fashioned game, uh, the, the old-fashioned way. And they got close. They, they got close to the Eagles. And I got to give them some respect there. Let's see some of your comments here. Link says, we were down 20 points before all those penalties started piling up. Turnovers were the biggest problems. I agree. You cannot give up the football three times in a game like this and expect to, to win. Because the Eagles, once more, they are a pretty good football team. Let's give them some credit. Now, Bruce says, remember when we blew Philly out and their fans tried to say the whole team's the, the whole team was backups. That was fun in 2021. I, I will agree there. Ryan Doyle says, I am not impressed by the Eagles. Gave them three interceptions and 10 penalties, along with a non-challenged first down. More on that later, by the way. And they squeezed out a win. Plus, they had their home field refs not impressed at all. And I think I, I would circle back to what I to what I said earlier on the show. I think this isn't a Chiefs kind of offense, a Bills kind of operation that the Eagles have going on. But you kind of afford yourself, you, you can't afford yourself not to have that kind of complexity in your offense if you have such a good offensive line and a plus one quarterback. It just spells trouble for opposing defenses. So I, I will give them some respect for sure. Nicholas says it still held Jalen Hurts 175 total yards. Defense is playing great. Those read options killed us though. The read options and the RPOs, I agree. I will also though agree that I am pretty excited and I'll, I'll, I'll actually flip those two topics uh, to talk about the defense here for a moment. I have, to I have to tell you, I think that the defense is getting a lot of bad reps. From, from that game, and it shouldn't, because they held the Eagles to 3.9 yards per play, which is well below the league average of 5.5. They held them to a 3.5 yards per carry number. They held them to about uh, six yards per attempt for Jalen Hurts. So they showed that they can actually hang on versus tough teams like the Eagles on that front. And the fact that the Eagles had three consecutive possessions in the first half starting in Dallas Cowboys territory and two of those possessions went for only a field goal, you got to give the Cowboys defense a massive round of applause too, I believe. They had answers. They did blitz Jalen Hurts as we previewed during the week. And we did see a Jalen Hurts that hesitated a little bit in those kind of situations, including a massive second half stop in which Dan Quinn sent them sent seven uh, for Jalen Hurts. That play resulted in a sack, a cover zero kind of play for Dan Quinn's defense, and it worked. And I think that is massive for two reasons. Number one, you kind of realize that yeah, this Eagles team respect for the uh, for being on the fitted so far. But it's still a biddable team. It's still a team that can lose some football games. And it's not like the NFC East is completely locked for Philadelphia, even though they are in the best spot they could ask for right now. That's number one. Number two, I am excited that the Cowboys 
defense played with the worst possible game script that they could have been dealt. And they still managed to find a way to, to, to look successful on that playing field. I will say that. I, I actually do disagree with what Toxic Tommy is saying here. O overall, Mo, the team looked woefully unprepared for the game. Got outplayed. I, they did get outplayed. They did get outplayed. The Eagles are once more a pretty good team. But I will say this. I don't think that they looked woefully unprepared for the game. I think that this is a Cowboys team that with Cooper Rush at quarterback, you go down on that scoreboard by multiple positions and it's it's over. That, that's the ball game. I, I think they actually stuck around for way more than we actually thought they would when they were down 14-0 uh, early in the game. I don't think that it was that they looked woefully unprepared they looked woefully unprepared versus the box in week one that team was completely unprepared i don't think that that was the case at all on sunday night you gave the football up three times i don't think that was a problem i don't i don't even think the game plan was a problem I'm seeing some of the comments here in the chat. I don't think the game plan was. I, I you know, Ezekiel Elliott averaged 6.2 yards per carry. Tony Pollard was eating too. It was, in my opinion, more about execution this time around. There were some, and I'm not going to say that this was a perfect game plan either. I'm just saying like, you know, the Cowboys did put together that 79-yard touchdown drive in the second half, followed by a 93-yard touchdown drive that I cannot ignore, personally. I cannot ignore that. Although I will not sit here and, you know, defend Kellen Moore right now because he's still Kellen Moore and he's still a guy that we need to figure out and that has a lot to prove, as we have said before here on Primetime. I think that what happens mostly is that maybe we overestimate Cooper Rush a little bit. This is the kind of game plan that you need to put together for Cooper Rush's offense. That's not to say that the offense is not bad with Cooper Rush. It is. That's why you have to go into these games with that sort of game plan, in my opinion. And Rush says excuses only. It's not an excuse when you say, like, the, the offense is bad. The offense with Cooper Rush at quarterback, was a broken product. It always was. It maybe was masked or hidden to some because of the win streak. But the offense was broken. There's no way we can, we can deny that. And I think it's fine that it was broken because you were playing with a backup quarterback. And that's my take. That's my take. Now, Mark Aaron says, thoughts on the no challenge on the non-challenge at the moment i hated it i think that it would have been ideal to challenge the play mike mccarthy talked about it on monday's press conference he explained that the process was a little bit icky in on the field he even explained that the refs called a first down then reversed it to a fourth down and I can see why Mike McCarthy and company maybe said like, okay, if that happened, 
then there, there is no way that they find indisputable video evidence to reverse it to a first down again. I can see that logic. I still think that, you know, the, the replays were very clear. That was a first down for CD Lamp. So I think, number one, that, that was the ideal scenario. 10 out of 10. Throw that challenge flag in there. And let's see what happens. Especially, and this will tie into what I will say next. Especially because you were already down 14 to nothing. And you kind of had to realize what kind of spot you were in at that point in the game. And that spot was, it's bad. You're not going to come back easily and get yourself back into the football game. So take the risk, draw the challenge flag, and the worst thing that can happen is that you lose a timeout. I think that considering the context of the game, it was definitely worth the risk. Throw that red flag in there. Uh, the Cowboys didn't. That's part A of my answer to that question. Part B has to do with what happened after. The Cowboys going for it on fourth and one. I love that call. Like in an alternate world in which the Cowboys challenge the play, it is called a four down, the call stands. So you still need to decide what you will do on fourth and one. I love the decision to go for it. I know that the play didn't work, which sucked. It was a play action kind of bootleg pass that, you know, uh, C.D. Lamb would have been the first read on the slide route, more or less. He gets, you know, completely taken out of the play by Noah Brown, who is fulfilling a block assignment. He stops C.D. Lamb, so the first read is not there for, for Cooper Rush. And then asking him to make that second read throw once more is not going to work because that's Cooper Rush and the offense is very limited with him at quarterback. So I will say that, that um, I like the decision to go for it, but I didn't like it considering that the Cowboys should have challenged that play 10 times out of 10. But I did like that if it would have been four than one, I like the aggressiveness to, to go for it. Because once more, the thing that the game was pretty much lost at that point, more or less, uh, not, not fully, but I had very little hope for the Cowboys bouncing back from a two-possession game. And I have the receipts for that because we talked about that for a, lot, for, for a long time here on Primetime during the Rams week and during the Eagles week. That was always the message. If the Cowboys are going to win it, it's going to have to be a close game throughout the entire game. Because with Cooper Rush, you're not going to bounce back from that kind of uh, deficit. Which is why I was super impressed by the Cowboys' second half performance in which they stuck to the running game and, and managed to cut the deficit to three points only. That was pretty impressive. Con taking that into consideration, I, 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 I would... I, Loved the idea of going for it. And I would compare it, although the scoreboard was not the same, I would compare it to the Cowboys going for it versus the Bengals in their own territory on 4th and 1 or 4th and 2. I cannot remember right now. We loved it because it set the tone for the Cowboys that they were going to be aggressive. You're on the road playing with a backup quarterback uh, in this scenario, on the road playing with a backup quarterback down by two possessions. 
Go try to gain a yard. Go try to gain a yard, right? As far as the as the play that was called, I don't know. Like I I I, I know that it's easy to say, you know, they should have run it, but then again, the play action seemed to work on the replay. CD Lamb was was not there because Noah Brown took him out. His teammate took him out of the play. So there is definitely an execution issue there for the Cowboys. In short, that would be my answer. Tommy915 says, Mo, can you imagine if Dallas cared enough about Philly to make bit Philly t-shirts and then losing by 20? There you go, Tommy. I like that even though the Cowboys lost, there are still one-liners. <laughs> there are still one-liners there in the in the Facebook chat and the YouTube chat. Holly says, I think the unsure hands of the wide receivers on our team makes us very easy to defend. The play call was awful, says Craig. I I can I can live with that take. I can live with that. Link says we lead the league in drops last year and penalties. That was the big problem. Penalties were an issue once more on this game. That's definitely one thing to point out. Bruce says Philly fans have the worst little brother syndrome. Timothy says Gallup was shot down. No deep tread. Roderick says, How do how don't you challenge? That that one was a head scratcher for sure. It was. Uh, Barry Fish says, hell, Turpin made two good returns. He ran into one of our players on both runs, says Barry Fish. Now, let's get into the primetime prime time performer. Who is, who was your primetime performer of the game? I know that it was a loss, but I think there are several candidates for this one. So let me know in the chat, who was your primetime performer of the game. While you let me know in the comments, and before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because I am I am legitimately excited about the ride of the week because we're talking about the 2022 Mazda Miata RF Grand Touring. Check this out. It starts at $36,575. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto convertible roof, six-speed manual transmission, premium audio system, and a lane departure warning feature, plus a miles per gallon capacity of 26 in the city. That goes up all the way up to 34 when you are in the highway. So make sure that you check out this beauty of a vehicle, 2022 Mazda Miata RF Grand Touring on the Freeman Mazda .net website, a family-owned business for over 65 years. You get A-plus customer service. And at, when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. So make sure you check it out over at FreemanMazda.net. Let's see. Let's see who is your primetime performer of the game here in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Jake Ferguson, says Gregory. Boom. Jake Ferguson. I like that one. Alpha, says sick. Reggie, says sick. Russell, Dyer goes with sick. A lot of Ezekiel Elliott answers here in the, in the chat right now. Reggie Bowser, Russell, Bruce, Link, Roderick. Katara Jones goes with Parsons. And I like that one. I like that one because I know that maybe the production was... Not there, like Parsons was not the most explosive players on, on the stat sheet. But I can assure you, when we turn up that tape, 
Micah Parsons will show up consistently. By the way, one thing that you will not hear me say, you will not hear me criticize Micah Parsons for exchanging words in one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL in prime time after making a play. I will not. I, that was not on Micah. That was a BS flag from the refs. And that was a, a, the ultimate no fun league moment of the night. Not an excuse. I'm not trying to tell you that without that flag, uh, the Cowboys win the game or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just not hating on, on Micah on that one. Let's see some else. <laughs> I think Kears played well, says Holly, but I only watched the game once. The water voices link. The, the answer that, that made me laugh was Toxic Tom here going with Kelvin Joseph. Sick for Link. Uh, Floyd says Ferguson. Birds Nation representing Eagles fans. The CJ Gardner Johnson. Durant Armstrong for Peter Rizzo. It was a good flag, says Samuel Rowe. Nah, I, I, I will disagree with that one. I, I will, unless, unless the words that were exchanged were like, you know, no, no words. I, I don't see why you, why, why you would throw that flag. I, I hated that call. He can exchange all the words he wants. It's Tommy915. Just don't look right at the guy while you do it. But man, it is a primetime game. It is Cowboys-Eagles. I kind of hated it. I kind of hated it, honestly. But, but I will tell you what. I have a bias towards... I have a bias against taunting and unsportsmanlike conduct flags like that I, like i am one of those that you know let them let them tra uh, talk trash all they want toxic thompson's mode totally has a swear jar <laughs> now i i am i am the 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 consummate professional when i am in, in front of the mic and in front of the camera but if you guys ever uh, ever you know get to know me in person you will see that I I, I can be a pretty big swearer. <laughs> I mean, in Spanish, mostly. Mark says, I agree with Mo. Terrible flag. Usually they just say, knock it off. Well, anyways, my primetime performer of the game had to be Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke kind of deserves an apology. <laughs> he's, been, he's been running the football pretty effectively this season. 6.2 yards per carry for number 21, numero 21. 4.69 yards after contact on average. And on top of that, according to Pro Football Focus, he had three explosive runs. That means 10 or more rushing yards. Sick was a game changer on this one. You know, the Cowboys still lost. But when you look at what kept the Cowboys in this one, Zeke has to be the answer. Especially when the Cowboys adopted this mentality of, we don't care that we're down by three possessions. We're still running the football. That was a, that was a pretty badass kind of philosophy for Dallas. So yeah, Zeke Elliott is my primetime performer of the game. And with that, we can go into the heck yeah list you guys know this if you're new to the show the heck yeah list is where we 
shout out some aspects of the game or some players of the game that we didn't get to at full length during the show. Let's see. That helmet is dumb. Hearts is Desmond. Man, it is. Like, like what is that? I have, I have never seen something like that. I agree with Desmond. That that's a that's a cold look for Sikh. <laughs> All right. You know, Birds Nation is just having the time of his life watching watching the show of his favorite team. That's just like, you know, his thing. Dexter Williams says, why did we keep Parsons on the front line? Instead of linebacker every time, Dan plays him back, linebacker, middle was closed. As soon as Dan put him back on the line, middle open back up. Danny's a smart man. Help me here, says Dexter Williams. I think, and I, I will look for a better answer for you there when I get into the tape, when I get into the All-22. I, I think that Micah had to play some Someone on the line. That is the that is what has made him that special, in my opinion. And he had to generate some pressure, especially in the second half when Lane Johnson was ruled out for the game. You needed to do everything possible to get Micah near the football as much as you could. That helmet is giving Power Rangers vibes, says Bruce. Yeah, needed to needed to bring that picture back up to just stare at the helmet once more. But anyways, let me know in the comments what is in your heck yeah list. What is something that you believe we didn't get into that we need to get into? Uh, a shout out to a player, something like that. Reggie Bowser, by the way, says we need to bring in Dominican Sue. A lot of a get ready for a lot of trade possibilities getting thrown out there. Because the, the trade deadline is near. And the Cowboys should be buyers at the deadline. I don't know if they will. You know, the NFL trade deadline is usually pretty boring. Robbie Anderson was traded earlier today. So maybe that was one of the first few moves. I would love a wide receiver. Or even, like, I would consider a cornerback. I don't think that a cornerback would come in and start for the Cowboys. But you can never have enough cornerbacks in the NFL, and I would consider that as well, for sure. Toxic Tom is going, you know, for the for the big name here. He wants Roquan Smith. Roderick's is T.Y. Hilton. Never should have let go. Ridgeway goes is Mark Aaron. Anyways, heck yeah list. Let's get into the heck yeah list. Here is mine, ladies and gentlemen, my heck yeah list of week six and by the way, do me a favor and hit the like button. If you're enjoying the show, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up. It takes one second to find the button, another second to smash it. So make sure you do that for me, please. Now, let's get into it. Terrence Steele is in my heck yeah list. That guy killed somebody on the playing field last night. He had an excellent run blocking performance for Dallas didn't allow pressure to him up if I'm not mistaken Terrence Steele had himself a game for the Cowboys maybe we'll get into some clips later this week Dallas calling the cover zero in one of the most important downs of the game when Jalen Hurts and company didn't want 
to give the Cowboys back the football for them to score another touchdown. Jake Ferguson had to be on the heck yeah list with that touchdown grab and overall with a very good game. He has established himself as a legit balanced tight end in the NFL. The guy can block, the guy can catch, and judging by that touchdown grab and that sneaky, crazy move that he pulled off versus Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he can do some damage after the catch. So big respect to Jake there. And then last but not least, in my heck yeah list, I've got the fact that this was a very old school smash mouth kind of game. Think about it. The Cowboys had, there were three consecutive drives of, of that sort of old school football in which both teams were sticking with the run. The Cowboys had that nine play, 79 yard touchdown drive that we talked about. That was followed up but by yet another 15 play yard, uh, 15 play drive, excuse me. And then the Eagles had a drive that lasted over seven minutes with a lot of runs, ended in a touchdown, and that kind of sealed it for them. This game did not resemble a 2022 game at all. It didn't. It, it, it looked more like 90s football on my TV screen other than, you know, the graphic, other than the scorebook. Let's see. Let's see some of your comments here. Uh, what's on your heck yeah list? Turpin on his screen, crazy work. Says Desmond, Steel has been really good this year. Says Tommy915. <laughs> Man, Toxic Tom just does not miss. How about DJ Moore? Says Mark Aaron. Everybody wants DJ Moore. Uh, I, I get it. I also want DJ Moore. Uh, I hope I hope that you know they target someone like that. Mark Aaron says, I heard that Damon Clark practiced. He did. Uh, hopefully, we see more of that this week. Fowler is in my doghouse, says Mark. Oh, that flag hurt, didn't it? That Dan Fowler flag hurt, and it hurt a lot. Took that man ankles, says Cattery Jones. Possibly about, you know, the, the Jake Ferguson play. <laughs> they need to use Turpin in the slot like they used Beasley, says Reggie Bowser. Poor Schultz, says Holly. He's a big dude. It's a Floyd Wright of Jake Ferguson. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for us. Once more, once more, big shout out to Trillian Evans. Uh, that, that very deserved, very well-deserved shout out with that massive super chat, that massive comment. Uh, I really appreciate the support from all of you. Thank you for joining the show. Do me a favor. Hit the like hit the like button. Uh, let's watch the Yankees play some baseball. Let's see how they do. And we will see you. I will see you tomorrow night here on ADC Sports Dallas primetime. Oh, well, the Yankees are going to play until Tuesday. Hey, there you go. There you go. I thought that I was in for a late night baseball night, <laughs> but I just opened up my, my, you know, I use do not disturb when I'm with you guys. So I don't get distracted. Turns out, Turns out that, you know, we're not getting a baseball game tonight. Kind of sucks. Kind of doesn't suck because maybe opens up the door for some pitching possibilities in game five.
Yankees game cancels is Russell. Yeah. Rain laces Mark Aaron. Yeah, it was postponed already. Hey, thank you. Thank you for supporting the show. I will see you tomorrow night. Have a good one. Prime time brought to you by ADC's by, by FreemanMazda.net. Check out the ride of the week on FreemanMazda.net. And I will see you tomorrow. Adios. Hasta mañana. Excelente inicio de semana. Bye bye.